0: Radio 77 W.A.B.C. Brian Kilmeade, entertaining and informative. Real estate billionaire Barry Sternley. He can't believe these schools are supporting Hamas. So he's
1: giving
0: $50 and going on a media campaign targeting Hamas. He's putting his money behind it. Rather than just keeping these colleges from getting donations, take that money and put it to selling the real story here. Brian Kilmeade, weekdays 10 to noon, after sitting friends in the morning. Talk Radio 77 W.A.B.C. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What'd you say? He's just a friend. Ooh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oy. Oy.
1: There are 136 hostages still being held by Hamas in Gaza right this moment. Some of those people are dead. Two of them are babies. About 20 of them are young women. And it has been a hundred days since they disappeared beneath the earth's surface in Gaza. In those a hundred days, thanks to those hostages who have been released, and thanks to the intrepid work of journalists in Israel and across the world, we have learned a great deal about what the feminists of the world are choosing largely to ignore. They are ignoring hostages who have been seriously wounded, shot, or with dismembered limbs, who are without medical care. They are ignoring hostages who don't have enough food and water. They are ignoring hostages who are being beaten and tortured. They are ignoring hostages who have been sitting for a 100 days in the pits of hell. As if all of that wouldn't be bad enough. But what they are also ignoring is the ongoing subjugation of those some 20 remaining women. And that is not hyperbole or hysteria or speculation or claims made by politicians to make a political point or advance the aims of the broader war. It is firsthand testimony that is coming out of the mouths of women who were there and who saw what was happening with their own eyes.
0: you find that you plan Only time will tell by the great group Asia. That was Barry Weiss. I found that on Lizzie Savetsky's Instagram page. You know, I've never seen a picture of... uh hey, Alec, get in here, damn it, and close these uh, sun-drenched windows. Of Alex Trayman, he's a handsome guy. He's been coming on since October the 9th. He's with the Jewish News Syndicate, JNS. And they are the number one bureau for these... Well, for news, and, and, uh, that's where everybody goes since October the 7th. He's been on with us about 50 times. Noam as well. Noam Laden introduced Alex to me. And then unprovoked a couple of weeks ago when I floated the idea of taking this show to Israel, Alex said, use our studios. I was like, really? And, uh, well, be careful. When you leave milk out with a cat, the cat comes back. And uh, we are going to Israel. We are going to use the studios. So uh, here he is. He's been uh, so valuable since October the 9th for us, my friend Alex Treiman. Alex, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning. Doing well, thank you. And uh, thank you again for offering the studios. We are going to take you up on that starting Monday, January 29th through Thursday, February 1st. I guess we can't do a show on Friday because it's Shabbos. Is that right?
2: Yeah, it'll be better to do Monday through
0: Thursday. Right, okay. If you're you know, going to be
2: here, you should come to my house for Friday night dinner.
0: Oh, how about that? Now, how far do you live from the studios? Uh, close to the studio. You're close. And then how far are the studios from, like, uh, central Jerusalem?
2: We're in Jerusalem, yeah. So
0: yeah, you don't want to give away too the... much. You're so funny. Look at you. You're not giving. Good, I'm glad you're not. You know. Uh, and and I, want, I want to ask you some serious questions because my wife Danielle is coming. My two kids are coming, too. My daughter's coming from London to meet us. And, uh, you know, they're a little nervous. I'm not. Uh, I'm ready to go. But they're a little nervous, and my wife is so nervous about my children being there. Uh, is there any reason to be nervous if you're in Jerusalem like we're going to be doing these shows? Uh Jerusalem
2: is, is quiet now. Uh you know, and you people are just uh they're comfortable with the dangers that they're used to. When I go to America, people tell me to be careful on the New York City subway system.
0: Right. So <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean I was with somebody yesterday and they said just that. They go, You're safer in Jerusalem than you are in New York right now. I think there's something to be said for that. Okay, you do. Good. Well that's good news. Well you heard Barry Weiss uh talking there about the hostages, you know. I read something this morning, Alex, that said that uh, Israel, even their intelligence, was a little off on the amount of tunnels and the mileage of tunnels. In fact, they may be about 200 miles short from what they initially thought Hamas had built underground, maybe 350 miles, and long story short, it looks like Hamas has really built something that even Israel could not have figured out. Is that fair to say? incredible intelligence failure uh
2: to not understand the depths of the the tunnel system that was being built you know and you can when you understand how much how, how extensive the tunnel network is you know how many years it took to build that how much money and how much uh, how many tons of concrete and other materials went into the building that uh, incredible intelligence failures that they've blocked up so many uh, tunnel shafts entrances to tunnels and destroyed so many miles of tunnels and yet there's still so many more miles of tunnels and and also what's important to understand is that we're learning now just in the last several weeks that Hezbollah to Israel's north in southern Lebanon has also built a
0: very, very extensive tunnel network that previously it wasn't believed that they had. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So, you know, you said incredible intelligence failure, and the overwhelming majority of Israelis believe that Bibi Netanyahu will be done once the war is over because they failed on October the 7th, and now you're saying they have failed since because there's miles and miles of tunnels they didn't know about in both the north. And the South. Just so you know, I'm on record. I like B.B. a lot, and uh, I feel badly if he does go. But based on all these, as you just called them, intelligent failure intelligence failures, it does seem a little difficult to believe that he, amongst others, would keep their jobs. No,
2: right. And I, I think that one of the one of the risks here is that uh, everybody's going to look to Netanyahu and and try to throw him under the bus while they try to sink their, their teeth in and protect their own positions because this isn't just the failing of the Prime Minister. And the the Prime Minister his his understanding of intelligence is only as good as the amount of information that's reaching his desk. Uh so the question is, well what happened in the in the intelligence gathering networks and in the security system like all of this information should have been on record and, and it should have reached Netanyahu. Apparently it didn't, or so he says. Um with Netanyahu, it's it's more than just the failing. You know, really, the society has gotten very divided. In the last uh, period, we had four elections in five years. Uh, no, five elections in four years. Sorry, and uh, you know, we had these judicial reform protests in the summer. Hundreds of thousands of people came out in in a few of these protests. Um, and Israel is unified after October seventh, and we yet see that all of the same elements that tried to divide the society in the months and years leading up to October seventh—they're still at it. Uh, and it's it's clear that Israel really needs uh, a unifying force at its head. And at this point, it's it's hard to imagine that Netanyahu has done so much great for the state of Israel uh, diplomatically, economically. Uh, that he, at this point, can be that unifying force.
0: Fair enough. These uh, Hamas animals, now they're starting to put out these videos. You knew they were coming, right? I mean, initially, Mia Shem looked okay, and she said, please get me home, but you knew it was just a matter of time before they started to include some really nasty stuff, and this uh, young lady, Noah Argamani, who was uh, taken on a motorcycle into Gaza, we'll never forget her face, was uh, there with two men, and uh, the three of them were on this video, and then not long after that video came out, maybe a day, we find out that both of the men in that video are dead. Now, Hamas, they made Noah go on camera and say, well, the Israelis killed them. The Israelis dropped bombs on buildings, and they killed them." We know that's not true. We know Hamas killed them. And the latest video, I believe, Hamas has their dead bodies, their dead bodies in the video. So now they're starting to get... Really, really nasty, Hamas, with this stuff. And we have no idea, Alex, how many of those 136 are still alive. Is all that fair to say?
2: Yeah, we really don't know how many are alive. Um, You know, it seems that more and more we're discovering that some of the hostages are dead. But at the same time, it is believed that some of them are alive because... They are the ticket uh, for the safety of some of the Hamas leadership. It's believed that the IDF may already be aware of precisely where some of the Hamas leaders, like Yahya Sinwar and Mohammed Deif, are inside Gaza, and it is believed that they are surrounded by large numbers of hostages at gunpoint. Um, And if they expect maybe to take a, a route out of Gaza that might involve their exile as opposed to their death, that they still need to have the collateral of these hostages in order to get what they want.
0: I think I read too that, uh, these, uh, the Hamas not just have the hostages. And I'm glad to hear what you just told me, Alex, that there's the intelligence side of Israel that's working. They're still firing rockets. I mean, I, I know it's a red tech operation. It's not Hezbollah, which of course is funded by the Iranians, but they are still firing rockets. The Iron Dome is still intercepting Hamas rockets even today.
2: Yeah, just two days ago they fired 50 in one salvo. It was one of the largest salvos that they had sent uh, in, in several weeks, and it did seem like the number of rockets had been uh, dying down a bit. But you know, these are they're not sophisticated rockets. They're, they're made with, with pipes and some explosives, and they're they're launched from portable uh, rocket launchers. You know, they're they're just like long-range projectile with with some amount of explosive charge in it. They're not computerized precision guided rockets so they they're making them underneath and underneath gods inside the tunnels and they use the network to distribute them uh you know to various points throughout the gaza strip i've I, I seen a map of All the points where rockets have been fired several weeks back and it was basically from the entire strip so Mm. these things are are all over the place everywhere where the idf is going they're uncovering shafts to tunnels they're uncovering uh, kasam rockets they're uncovering rpgs uh, and improvised explosive devices and assault rifles so, you know, th- they were well prepared for this moment. They distributed their weapons all across the Strip, and, and even some of them, they're making them, uh, you know, throughout the conflict.
0: Well, and these rockets uh, basically is just to say, hey, we're still here. I mean, you know, we make- we can't kill you with these rockets necessarily because, like you said, they're they're prehistoric, if you will. They're, you know, they're old. I mean,
2: each one of these rockets can kill Many, many people, okay? Right. It's only only because we have the sophisticated Iron Dome system that we can shoot them out of the sky, you know. But if it misses, and it's not 100% the Iron Dome, any one of these rockets could could cause a mass casualty event.
0: Are you still having any terrorist attacks on the ground? You know, it's very – the information we get here – you know, I heard, for example, that there was a terrorist attack in Jerusalem uh, not that long ago. That uh, you know, some guy opened fire, and I don't know if they're true; they're not true. So, in terms of people on the ground, those animals that did all that, are you still getting that in parts of Israel? Oh,
2: absolutely, yes. I mean, the, the attack that you talked about was about three weeks ago. It was a uh, two two gunmen opened fire at a at a bus stop uh, in Jerusalem, and and four people were killed. Um, just, uh, two days ago, there was a terror attack in the city of Ranana, uh, which is north of Tel Aviv. And there were, there were two, two terrorists and, and one of them, uh, started stabbing people and they then also, uh, parjacked the vehicle and, and ran it into a, a group of pedestrians. And, uh, one person was killed and about 13 others injured, several seriously. So yeah, terror is, uh, it's a big it's a big risk uh, still, and there's a lot of anti-terror operations going on in Samaria, um, and the risk that the the rest of the, the country could, could also erupt in terror, as we've seen in the past.
0: Well, you and I will talk quite a bit uh, leading up to the trip, which is still 11 days away, and when I'm there, of course, I'll see you every day at your studios. Again, JNS, thank you, Alex. But what should I expect? I've never been to Israel, so there's no precedence for me. Uh, when I land in Tel Aviv early that Sunday morning, one day before my show, Monday afternoon in Jerusalem, should I expect to see armed people, not just at the airport, but streets all over Tel Aviv and Jerusalem? I mean, uh, guys with guns just about everywhere. What should I expect to see well, when I get to my hotel?
2: It's it's really not like that. I, I mean, this this war is taking place primarily inside Gaza. Okay. And, uh, you're not going to be inside Gaza unless we're able to
0: arrange something. I don't know if we'll, we'll be able to pull it off, but, and I don't know if you'd want to go,
2: but, uh, in, well, well, in well, I do, case, I, I no do way.
0: know that the, uh, the tour guide with the organization that is sending us, uh, is making it mandatory that I go to the, the music festival, that I go to those kibbutzes. So I will exactly. be in, in those areas. Yes.
2: Yeah, you'll see the proximity uh, of these areas to the Gaza Strip. But, but most of the armed conflict is taking place inside Gaza, and it doesn't impact Israeli civilians in any way. Uh, you know, they are firing rockets. They're probably not going to be firing rockets at Jerusalem. Most of the rockets are fired either at the, these areas that are very close to the Gaza border or sometimes they're firing them up the coast uh, towards uh, many of the coastal cities, which include Ashkelon and Ashdod and, and even Tel Aviv. Um,
1: But you're
2: not going to if you're in Jerusalem right now, you wouldn't know
0: that this country was at war. Okay, you wouldn't even know. Um, And again, I've been told that the country is so small, like basically Jersey. So uh, do you still hear? Can you actually hear uh, the Iron Dome, for example, taking out a rocket? Or is that still way too far away?
2: I mean, if they were firing them at Jerusalem, I would say probably about. Four weeks ago on Friday night, uh, you know they they fired about four towards Jerusalem, and we're sure we heard loud booms uh, when the Iron Dome intercepted these uh, rockets right overhead. So if they're being fired at your location, you you would hope that you hear the boom
0: of the right. Iron Dome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So last thing, I mean, uh, I was talking to Justin about this this morning. He's got relatives there, and uh, even in Jerusalem, uh, they're all over the place. They're in Haifa, they're in Tel Aviv, they're everywhere. But uh, it doesn't seem like there's any city that doesn't have folks running into bomb shelters still. And we're talking about uh, nearly four months since those initial attacks. Is that still the case?
2: Well, you know, I remember in one of the early days that I was on your program, I think the siren was going off while I was actually on the program. Um, But, you know, after those first days, the number of rockets being sent towards Jerusalem Really, almost dried up, I think since that time we've had two or three other instances where they've tried to fire rockets towards Jerusalem. But when you understand uh the way these rockets work, and again they're they're just projectiles, and they send them off in a general direction you know at a at what they hope is a general distance and and so for, for them to reach Jerusalem is not simple. And and then even within Jerusalem, you still have 250,000 Arabs uh, living in Jerusalem in, in various uh, communities in the eastern sections of the city. You have the the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque in the middle of Jerusalem. So, you know, they, they, these aren't precision-guided rockets. So if they fire rockets towards uh, towards Jerusalem, there's a high probability that they could land in an Arab area.
0: Wow. All right, Alex, listen, you have been uh, just tremendous. I, I, I'll never be able to thank you for what you've done since October the 9th and certainly uh, helping me out, getting the show to Israel and providing us with a real pro studio so we can uh, get these shows back to New York as they should sound. I can't thank you enough, so uh, continue to uh, stay safe, be well, and you and I will be seeing each other and talking an awful lot in the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much. Thanks,
2: and looking forward.
0: My man, me too. Alex Trayman right there, JNS, calling it live from Jerusalem, as he's done many, many, many times since that awful day, October the 7th.